Welcome to Hello Easton PA. I'm your host, Mark Nutting. I'm the owner of Jiva Fitness, an author, business consultant, former actor, dancer, martial artist, superhero, musician, and I love to connect with others. This podcast is a way for me to share the stories of the people I meet in my adopted hometown of Easton, Pennsylvania. Hi, this is Mark Nutting, and today I'm going to be speaking with Jessica Jones from Jupiter Crush and Elysian Salon. Hi, Jessica. Hi. So, Jupiter Crush, uh, go ahead and give us the, the story on Jupiter Crush as to what you offer. So, Jupiter Crush uh, started out as a cosmetic tattooing, uh, which is basically permanent makeup, um, cosmetic tattooing, such as uh, like eyebrows, lips, eyeliner, things like that. But I also really started out as a traditional makeup artist and hairstylist for events, TV and film, weddings, um, and also was a barber and stylist uh, since 2010. Um, so for 13 years, I've been doing all those things, and Jupiter Crush was the first brick and mortar uh, part of my business as I was a contractor for the entire time I was a stylist. So Jupiter Crush is now uh, holding a Lysian salon inside, which is where it mainly just came down to the, ci the city and the state's uh, recommendations or requirements, I should say, um, to have a salon as well as a tattoo studio in the same building in Pennsylvania. It just required me to separate the two businesses uh, literally physically and um, in terms of LLC and stuff like that. So that's why there's two different names. But Jupiter Crush is the, you know, the main So technically business. it's Elysian Salon at Jupiter Crush. Correct. That's exactly how I explain it to people. Yeah. Yep. So if you're looking for it, look for Jupiter Crush. Yes. <laughs> um, you have a lot going on in your space. Yeah. So besides the hair and the makeup areas, what else you got? So I got a lot. It's actually really fun. I think what's really special about Jupiter Crush is that it has, um, it's very eclectic in my space. Uh, I come from an art, I'm an I'm a visual artist first and foremost. So starting out that way and curating art shows and working with many artists, international and local artists in the area for many years, I always have artwork up, uh, local artwork especially, try to support artists. Um, so there's always different artwork on the walls, um, makers and sellers and people making jewelry and crafty things and whatever. So there's a lot of antiques and vintage items and um, the shop is really unique. So it's very, very different aesthetic than you see at a typical salon. And I think that's what the draw is and why people love it so much is they come and they feel cozy and it feels like more of a place to come hang out, which is kind of what original salons were supposed to be. So I kind of went back to that, but using my own essence, so to speak, to make it comfortable and interesting and different than what you know a typical experience is at most salons. Yeah. Um, so do you do you advertise the 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 other stuff, or it's really the other stuff is sort of for the, the people who are getting their tattoo, uh, cosmetic tattoos or hair done? You mean like referral? Well, I mean, you, you, do you get people who come in just for this stuff? 
just for the antiques, just uh, for painting? Actually, for yeah. I mean, when I do little events, sometimes I'll do market events. Uh, usually around Christmas time, I do an annual event called a Jib Jab Holiday Market, and uh, that has gone over really well because I usually have really great artists and vendors and um, unique uh, sellers that you don't see at just every craft market, you know, with the same kind of stuff. So I like a little bit off the cuff um, artists like to support the people that kind of nobody else is the misfits, right. so yeah. to speak, uh, because often they're very, you know, well received, but it's not always the first people that you see when you go to a craft market or to an art vending, you know, or the flea market or whatever. Um, so I try to have that kind of it's almost like a punk rock flea market, but on a mini, on a small level. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. That usually I do in the first couple of weeks of December, and I try to work around the other events that are going on locally so that there's something different each weekend and supporting the other uh, markets. Um, I do like to host art events and curate art shows for artists as well, and that's something I'm planning on doing a lot more now that I'm getting settled in with the business yeah, yeah, the businesses. Businesses. <laughs> so, right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really exciting. This year was just a lot of changes. This past year was just more so kind of climbing the mountain, and now that I'm at the top of it, I gotta you know really assess and and get back to kind of what I was the, the plans I was making and doing with the business, um, sharing it with others and having events and having more community involved in the business. I think is really helpful, and I also like to engage with everyone. So I love that, you know, like even when I had my grand opening and, you know, we had a really great turnout and, um, you know, just having local, just other artists and stuff coming by and then you, you know, people go, oh, wow, it's really great here. I should come get my hair cut. And, you know, it just works out that right. way. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's kind of, I like that or that organic way of making, you know, my clientele grow and it doesn't feel antiseptic and stuffy, you know, in my shop at all. There's, right. you know, which sometimes I find, you know, not to, of course, you know, there's no one specific I'm talking about, but I kind of get that from a lot of salons, that kind of, you know, snooty patootie vibes. And I'm just not that girl. And I never was, you know, I was kind yeah. of a tomboy who became a makeup artist and stylist. I wasn't really that floofy kind of stylist. <laughs> so I like to reflect what I am in my space. And I think that people really like that it feels comfortable and it doesn't feel pretentious and and you know how long have you been open as jupiter crush it's jupiter crush uh i opened the space in 2017 so it's been six years as that you know as yeah. a business which is great um and it was a really weird six years because of covid and stuff kind of being sure. right smack in the yeah. middle of it i'm really actually thankful that i am still existing because it was a kind of a difficult um uh, you know coming to be here in this new space in Easton, yeah. uh, which, you know, some people know the backstory and some people don't, but it's actually <laughs> pretty wild. It's like a abstract movie. It's like a, almost like a Quentin Tarantino meets, oh, I don't even always know. Always fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of fun, fun uh, backstory, but I'm here and I think it's just really, it's just been a positive experience being in, back in Easton because this is where I grew up. And uh, I have a lot of support here, and I love the community in Easton. It's just nobody beats Easton's community. So yeah, and you're you're in the Carl Sterner Arts Building on Ferry Street. And uh, how long have you been here? Two years. Two years. Two years as of May. So yeah, pretty much exactly two years. Yeah, and uh, which I can't believe it seems like it flew by. So well, yeah. Again, everybody's getting ramped back up. So it's you know yeah, it's a it's been a long 
a couple of years. Definitely. Uh, the Elysian's been, only been open. Since this past January, January of 2023 right. is when I finally got to pass the inspections and do all the things that the city and state, there was some unfortunate, um, you know, miscommunications between the city and state and what I needed to do. And that kind of delayed me getting the salon put into Jupiter Crush sooner, which could have happened two years ago, but it neither here nor there, you know, now I'm, now I'm officially having both uh, right. businesses in the same space. Now it's you're really your full great. service kind of. Yeah. Salon. So I can offer all of the things that I do, um, and still, you know, and still, and do everything under one roof basically. Right. So, um, the, in, in sticking with the business for now, how do you see this growing five years down the road? What would you like to have right now? You have, um, one chair, uh, one one chair for your tattooing, one chair for your hair. Correct. Um, how would how would your business grow in the next five years? Well, I want to start having you know a, a couple employees, not too many right off the bat. At this point, I'm just kind of I'm a walk before you run kind of person. Even though you know most people see me as pretty you know eccentric and everything, I do I like to take my time and be cautious and thoughtful about the process and where I'm going. Um, so my goal, ultimate goal is to, I love teaching. So I really, really would love to do more of that. I do, uh, apprenticeships and offer apprenticeships for both traditional makeup. And I would be open to offering cosmetic tattooing apprenticeships, although I'm finding that there's a, I definitely have some, a little bit of, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, disagreement in how my field in cosmetic tattooing is becoming more of a novelty and not necessarily an artistry type business. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people capitalizing on being a cosmetic tattoo artist and um, you know, for instance, you know, doing a few day classes and then everybody's a, everybody's a microblade artist. And it's like, well, actually it's not a drink and draw class. This is kind of like, in my opinion, well, it yeah, should I mean, be something that should be very, you know, specialized and people really getting a full education on. Um, and that's always been my opinion, although it can come across as a little bit bitter in my field. Um, I take pride in the fact that I, you know, even though I was already a makeup artist, which believe it or not, a lot of people that do cosmetic tattooing and permanent makeup are not makeup artists. Mm -hmm. They just learn a basic way to do it and they do the same thing on everybody. And that's not, you know, on, in my opinion, that's not an art. That's a, maybe a skill you picked up and then there's more to learn about behind that. Right. So I really would love to teach more um, and kind of continue my business and be more, managerial eventually as I get older you know it's a hard it's a hard business to be in for a long time because you're on your feet all day it's you know I'm getting older I do love what I do I absolutely love everything about my job I'd never regret coming to work but um as I get older I'm thinking okay in the future I'm not gonna be able to stand for 40 you know if I can't be you know doing people's hair all day and I have yeah. to have other employees under me and, and things like that because I've always been kind of a loner in, in that sense. I've always worked alone and uh, did everything on my own. Um, and now I'm really excited to be, you know, expanding that and having people with me and, and working with me. So that's where I'd like to be headed for sure. So let's go back to the, um, uh, the teaching and the apprenticeships kind of thing. You're not really 
it sounds like you're not really sure about if you're gonna would do that with the tattooing. What else would you do if not the tattooing? Oh, it, well, I, that's a misunderstanding. I'm not opposed to teaching tattooing. I would be selective about it. Oh, okay. Um, I traditional makeup is something you can wipe off at the end of the day, sure. right? And so, in my opinion, as an artist and as someone who has put a lot of hours and blood, sweat, and tears into learning. Uh, the the craft and the skill and the true art of it of make both makeup and permanent makeup is it's very complicated thing and it's not something that you can just learn in a few days yep. it's just yeah. not I don't care who you are um, you can learn a basic skill but then when you get thrown to the wolves and you don't know what you're doing and you're tattooing somebody's face in your basement for a discounted price you know at the end of the day these people come to me to fix it mm -hmm. and that's kind of something that I'm trying to avoid. Uh, in my business because, again, it's not about not supporting other artists. I have many other friends who who do exactly what I do, and we're very supportive of each other. So it's not about like, oh, I just want to bash my competition sure. or, yeah. or anything like that. But it is a subject that's that, that's uh, nobody really talks about because it's kind of like it makes you sound a little grittier if you're well, not you know, really. I, mean, I, I think that's true with any industry where, yeah. where uh, the – the basic level is easy to get into. Sure. But, you know, as you, you know, put in the time and put in, you know, you gather the new skills, you become a, a different level yeah. of, you know, artist, performer, whatever that might be. And when, when people represent themselves as being the same level as you. Correct. And, and then try to undercut, you know, based on price. You're going, Absolutely. Okay. Then, and then it gets a little hard to, you know. You have to really have that reputation going for you, and, and that's one of the things you seem to have going for you is is that you have quite a reputation and a lot of referrals. Yes, yes, absolutely, and that's that's what I what that's basically what I'm getting at. It is kind of a like walk before you run. Now I look at it this way. Right now, you know, some again, some of my competition are you know teaching classes and to say you know I don't even know how many people I don't pay much attention, but I do know that they're doing it. Uh, so you factor in, say, 10 people every month in the area are going and paying, say, five to $10,000 for a quickie class to learn how to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And those people are making a bunch of money real quick. And then these people are going to just be tattooing your face. So <laughs> in yeah. my opinion, I, I, you know, I took a 300-hour apprenticeship even after I was already a full, you know, a very established makeup artist already. I understand the aesthetic, I understand shapes, I understand colors, and to go into that, I still took my, th I took 300 hour uh, to learn, it. So and I didn't who, need to. I did it because it was the right thing to do, the ethical thing to do. If I'm gonna learn how to tattoo your face and open your skin and be sanitary, and you know, there's a lot behind it, it's not just the aesthetic, it's not just that. Right. It's cleanliness, it's, uh, you know. So how did you, it was your organization, how did you learn to do that? I apprenticed with someone at a at, um, that was at a plastic surgeon's office. So I actually apprenticed with a person, and they taught me how to do it. And then I went on and opened my business. And I was already into makeup. For, I was already into makeup for almost seven years, or six or seven years as an established makeup artist. And then I went and learned tattooing. So I already had a background. Yeah. So again, some of these people don't even, in fact, most of them don't have a makeup background, which is interesting. And, and there's also no licensure in Pennsylvania for tattooing in general. Yeah, so yeah. you could go buy a machine and call yourself a tattoo artist tomorrow. Right. And you have enough money to market yourself. You could look like the king of the world, but it doesn't make you truly the best artist, right? 
Certainly. Marketing yeah. I, goes a long way, and I think that's what I learned the most in the last few years is when you're a DIY, you know, soul artist kind of person that kind of came from nothing and created a business, I learned how important marketing is and how, you know, someone can roll in and just have a ton of money and just market, 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 and not really be any, any better than you, but they can wipe you away in a second with, you know, that. And that's something that you, you learn, you know, sure. had, had yeah. to learn that. Um, and that's really what it's about at the end of the day is people, um, referrals go a long way and that's why I'm so appreciative of them because every client that I have that really appreciates the work that, that I do, they do go and tell people and people know me for fixing things, <laughs> Right. Yeah. you know, and, and that I take that somewhat as a compliment, but it is kind of frustrating sometimes because I want people to trust me from the start or, or trust that I'm worth it from the start. Right. Uh, versus coming to me to fix a problem because I'm good at that. Um, I want people to just be, you know, to to not, you know, to save a hundred bucks, it's not worth it to me, sure. you know, yeah. for anything that's not true um, skill or art. If, if you're going to pay somebody to do something, they mm -hmm. should be skilled and be, Certainly. you know, and of yeah. course, if you're still learning, when I was still learning, I had, I, my teacher was there with me. Yeah. She didn't just say, here's how you do it. Go by. See you later. And then I, here I go, like, messing up people's faces. Like, she was there to teach me and, and show me what I need to learn and do. And that's the importance of apprenticeships versus taking a couple classes, right. in my opinion. And that's so, why I'm so, strong about So, I mean, it. not to belabor this, but the uh, um, you would take an apprentice who has been through the basics and is looking to, to get better at that. Yes, and also I could also do apprenticeships for makeup. So yeah. when I apprenticed, uh, her name is Jessica Cavanaugh. She's wonderful. Um, she came to me to learn tattooing. And I said to her, do you have a makeup background? And she said, no. And I said, well, I would really feel more comfortable teaching you how to tattoo if you learn makeup first. So we agreed to kind of include the makeup apprenticeship, mm -hmm. traditional makeup yeah. apprenticeship before I continued forward and I said then you can choose if you want to continue forward we'll go ahead and do the tattooing and she did and she did wonderful and she does weddings with me all the time she's my go-to she's a wonderful hairstylist and so now it's like we have this beautiful friendship and marriage like basically a work marriage you know like yeah. with with each other and it, that to me was way more fulfilling than me just like stealing people's money, you know, taking money and running with it sure. and knowing that I'm not really there. Like, like I said, it's unethical to me to throw people to the wolves if, if they're not, you know, this isn't this, like I said, it's not a drink and draw class. This right. is a, yeah. this is a serious business and you're, you are opening people's skin and you're, you know, there's all kinds of science behind it. It's not just like, Oh, you know, like make somebody pretty and walk away. Like, it's not like yeah. that. This yeah. is it's a little different. So that's why I feel so strongly about it. Sure. Back to the hair part of this, the yes. salon part. Uh, do you specialize in anything? Is there anything, you know? Actually, uh, yeah. I mean, I cutting is my favorite thing to do. Um, I am good at color. Uh, it, I do color all, you know, all the same. Uh, Jess is more the color queen. She's definitely going to be, um, you know, working 
with us and and she's just an amazing amazing hairstylist um she's more the color queen and i'm more you're not saying that she can't do haircuts either but sure both of us are good at it but i think i prefer you know i can do curly hair fine hair short hair long hair men's cuts women's cuts, you know and so that that's my preference um but i can do balayages and the highlights and all the stuff that everybody wants um, and working, I worked at Suddenly Samantha for many years and had a great run there and before opening up here. And, um, you know, that salon had a lot of punk rocky stuff and crazy colors and everybody right. wants, yeah. you know, all the peacock and hair, you know. And um, so I've done it all. But uh, Jess is definitely like the balayage queen and she's just an absolutely wonderful stylist. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, we offer. Uh, haircuts for everybody yeah. everybody's welcome yeah. here we do not discriminate um and uh, you know mostly men's and women's cuts is and, and like balayages and highlights and things like that are most common um you gotta you gotta help you me get out a little bit of balayage everything. it's just another form of highlighting oh, okay. it's the same you know just a fancy word for yeah Okay. <laughs> the date. I'm dating myself here. Yeah, well, I shouldn't have said that because the podcast in ten years they'll be like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> but uh, all good. Yeah. Uh, so let's cut back now. Leave the business uh, for now. Sure. And talk about Jessica. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, the you have done a lot of things in your life. You know, we've had conversations and. Um, Yes. It it seems like you probably have one of the more diverse. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of jobs in in the past, but not as diverse as you have. Yeah. Um. So, what was your first job? Um. I my first. Well, I have. I you're right, and I actually take a lot of pride in this because I think it's so much fun that I have such a cool work background. My first job was a waitressing job for a very short period of time. Um. And then, of course, I waitressed again later in in my years, but always worked kind of in the customer service industry in some way, shape, or form. I started in corporate. Um, I've corporate wa- waitress, bartended, was a travel agent. Um, I worked for some very obscure companies that shall re- remain nameless. But um, there was also I was a detective and booking officer at, at Lehigh County Prison. I was a dispatcher, 911 dispatcher for a short period of time because it was terrible for me to even, that was, that was definitely, the prison was, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the jobs that I've had lent to me, to my, I think to everything that I do because I know how to work with people. I'm good at peopling. Right. Yeah. And, um, and because of the extreme nature of the type of work I've had with people being from just like friendly hellos on a phone call for customer care to in, you know, prison inmates, I know how to deal with any kind of person. Yeah. Um, and I've had some interesting clients through the years. Most of my clients are amazingly, you know, awesome people and fun and interesting. Um, you know, but if I get something difficult, I'm not, it's, I'm, I'm so, I'm good at dealing with difficult situations. Doesn't really throw you for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to shake me or shock me, <laughs> you know, being, like yeah. I said, like I've, my background's so, you know, wild and interesting for, you know, like I've had such, so many crazy experiences with people that I learned that really at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be loved and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all just giant eight year olds inside adult bodies and, 
you know, yeah. I think that's, that's why I love what I do because people want to feel beautiful. And this is a business that allows me to, you know, help people feel that way. You said you worked in film and actually let's, let's go back even farther. You said first you were an artist. Yes. So what kind of art did you do? So I always loved when I was growing up, I would draw for hours and hours and hours. That was that was the first thing I loved to do. Um, and then as I got older, I tried to paint. I don't consider myself a great painter, but I don't think I don't think that matters. I just mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I have some great paintings. I do. I've sold paintings and stuff. But I mean, I know it's not my necessarily my strong suit. I love pottery. Uh, that's one of my favorites, and I just got back into it the last couple of years, and it's been really therapeutic and great for me. Um, I love singing. I love music. Uh, I'm into anything artistic. I actually wanted to be a stand-up comedian when I was a kid. That was actually what I, I wanted to do. I didn't know that do. about you. Yes, yeah. that was my dream job. You, you and Bill Sneerinter, did you know that? Did yeah, that, and you, Bill's actually his... a good friend, and I, lo yeah. I love him. And he's really dry. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, that was what, yeah, when I was a little girl, hands down, I always wanted to be an artist in general. Yeah. I, I, I would say I want to be an artist, and my parents would go, well, what are you going to do with that, you know? Right. And then, of course, as I got older, they realized I kind of ended up being an artist just in a different way. I just had to get a skill and learn some stuff and really kind of end up doing exactly what I wanted to do anyway, you know? But when you were a kid, it was, like, not the first thing your most parents would want to hear their kid want to be. Because yeah. they'd go, oh, they'd worry about you, and what are you going to do, and... Sure. You know, what, what do you have for a real job? Exactly. But the but the interesting part is is if I if I pursued what I really wanted from the beginning, I'd probably be more successful now than I or probably you know fast or sooner in life, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Um than, you know, but now it is it's great to be in my four, early 40s and to finally feel some kind of uh, you know, success, you know, to really kind yeah. of realize that because I don't think you feel success until you complete something. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you realize, you know, wow, I actually did this. You know, yeah. sometimes I, I don't, I actually most of the time don't think about that. And then I have to sometimes remind myself or other people remind me and say, Jess, like, stop being so hard on yourself. You actually did all that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm working on that in the last few years and trying to really just kind of breathe and, you know, be present for it. Cause it's like, before you know it, I'll be, I'll be dead. <laughs> nice. Okay. Little, yeah. We, there's some, there's some time between that. So, you know, yeah. we, got Hopefully. Some, we got some years. You never know. The, um, I, okay, we went back to the, the art. How about, the, how about the film and how'd you get into film? So actually film is the reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing, I have to say. Um, this is a wild story because the cool thing is, is that everything in my life has been quite like colorful and, and, you know, I always have, everything's a great story, but the way that I became a makeup artist was completely by accident. Um, in fact, even being a stylist wasn't really planned. Um, I remember when I was working in the corporate world and I wasn't really happy, I would see people next to me, you know, slamming their headsets on the ground and they're been there for 20 years. And I remember looking, I mean, I literally looked at the woman next to me at my job that I was at for six years and I loved the job. It was fun, but I really wasn't getting anywhere with it. And I knew I could do more with my life. And I remember her slamming her headset down and she was so mad and she was there for like 20 years and she was jaded and bitter about it. And mm -hmm. I looked at the time clock. I'll, I'll never forget. I looked at the time clock and I looked at, at my, my computer and then I looked back at the time clock. I'm like, I'm, I got up, I went to the, to the HR office and I, I gave my two weeks notice. I was like, I can't be that woman. 
Right. I yeah. need to do something that's going to make me happy. I swear. And that was exactly how I even became like, or, you know, got me to the place of going to school for hair. So then I was going to get a haircut. And then I said, you know what? I used to work in a hair salon. There was a period I actually worked in a hair salon as a shampoo girl. Yeah. And, uh, when I was in, you know, my late teens, early twenties, I worked uh, there for a few years actually. And uh, I realized like I went to get a haircut and I thought, this is fun. Like, this is a fun job. I could do that. Like I could cut hair. It wasn't like I was like, I have, I have to be a hairstylist when I grow up. It was just yeah. like, this is a skill. I could talk to people. And then I went to school for hair. Now, the cool thing was, is at the end of my school year or whatever it was, year and a half or 300 hours, whatever we had to do, I forget. Um, there, there was a <laughs> 300 hours, I think it was like 700 hours, whatever. doesn't matter. At the end of the, towards the end of my, like before I would graduate, a film crew came through to the school and they said uh, to the person who was running the school at the time, give us like, you know, six to six to eight of your best students in the school and we're going to give them a great opportunity to work on a film set. And I was one of those people, luckily, you know, like I was one of the better, you know, students in school. Also, mind you, I was 27 years old with a bunch of 18 year olds. So I was taking it yeah. seriously because I'm paying for it. Right. And I was sure. waitressing yeah. and working at the prison. So I was a detective at that time. So they all thought it was funny that I was doing hair by day and like detective by night, you know, interrogating people at night and then like coming to hair class the next day, you know, like yeah. people thought it was funny. And this is actually before Jessica Jones, the Marvel character came out. Like, well, I think that was before out, but it wasn't popular. popular. And uh, so it was funny because I'm Jessica Jones and detective, I was a detective. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so the film crew came through and then myself and a couple other great stylists were there and we got to work on an independent film and Cloris Leachman was the first person I put makeup on. Yeah, that's great. And I was terrible. There's actually a YouTube video out there. I'm not going to tell you what it's called. I don't even remember, but I know that she told me I had the most stubborn hands because I was all awkward trying to like do her makeup. It was actually really funny. Yeah. Um, but thinking about it now, yeah. it's like, if I didn't do that, you know, and then of course I, I was fine after her, but I was, I was putting a lotion on her face or something and, you know, I was nervous or something. And she was like, she goes, Jesus Christ, like you have the most stubborn hands because <laughs> I was like awkward, you know? Yeah. And it makes me laugh now. Cause I think like, I remember the, it was such a great crew that, that film crew, um, that ever since then, it's kind of like your first kiss. Like from then I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I want to do this. Yeah. As part of what, you know, I want to be in a salon, but I didn't really want to be in a salon. Like that wasn't my number one, mm -hmm. like thought process at the time. I really wanted to get out there and travel and, you know, learn stuff and whatever. And, um, I got to do a freaking movie, you know? So yeah. the, how cool is that? And then, um, once I did that, I was like balls to the walls, super ambition. And I, I did so many free things. I mean, people still try to get me to do free things. I always laugh. I'm like, I have a really good resume. I don't need you yeah. like your credit. Not, you know, I'm not my just the here. other day, somebody yeah. asked me. I didn't even realize they were asking me to do it for free, and I was kind of laughing. I'm like, like I have a really good resume, so it's kind of like it's almost insulting at this point. It's like, oh, I'll give you a credit if you come to like New York City and do free makeup and hair all day. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah. I have a business, you know, at this point, you know, but um. But back then, it was literally what 
drove me to becoming a makeup artist. And I was self-taught, by the way. I never took lessons for traditional makeup. I just learned by yeah. doing. And uh, I was also lucky because I was already a visual artist. It was easy for me. It came easy to me. So, um, you know, I learned and as much as I could. It's still always learning. And uh, once I got into makeup, I realized, oh, my God, there's so much more of a world out there. Photography, editorial shoots, fashion shows, you know, and then I did all that. I did TV shows, fashion shows, movies, you know, mm -hmm. everything. And uh, that's what got me here. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to even exist as a Jupiter crush if I didn't do all those things. So when you were doing that, uh, was that a hair and makeup or just makeup at that both. point? Yeah, or? it was both hair and makeup. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yep. So uh, I did, you know, I started, like I said, it, I mean, I joke about the Cloris Leachman part, but um, I did some really cool stuff on that film. I remember I had we learned some light special effects and we had to make a guy look really grungy and greasy and gross and creepy and you know yellow his teeth and that kind of stuff and that yeah. was like kind of my first experience with makeup and i was like oh my god this is so cool yeah and um you know that from there it became more like well weddings are always happening that's something i can do mm -hmm. and then i learned how to do wedding makeup and then i learned how to do tv and film makeup which is very and doing natural makeup on tv and film is much different than weddings sure yeah so i think what what I'm proud of in my personal experience, especially because there's so many stylists and there's so many other people doing kind of similar work to me, is that my I know I'm well-rounded. I've had a very, like my background is full of everything. I've, right. I've done yeah. every type of makeup, every type of hair. And, um, you know, that's something that I am proud of that took me a long time to feel proud of that. But now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing like, wow, I really, over the last 13 years, you know, I did a lot of cool stuff. And you know, that's what lends to the shop and my business being, you know, so cool now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. great. And uh, the, the point when you decided that you needed your own space to do your own thing, because you were talking about traveling and everything else, and then, then to sort of now find a home. What, what drove you to kind of... Honestly, I was scared to do that. Um, my ex-boyfriend, which is where my first business was in his house, mm -hmm. so I have to thank him for that, even though we didn't last as a couple, um, he helped me open my business. Yeah. as in brick and mortar space. And had he not, I'm not sure what I would be doing actually at this point because, so I do, I do have, you know, all um, respect for him in that regard because uh, if I didn't open that, I don't know if I would have felt deserving of it at the time. Mm -hmm. I, I think I was always so used to hustling and bustling and running to here and running there and doing this and that, that I didn't really think of it like, oh, I could just have my own business. I could yeah. hire people eventually. I could be this. You know, I always had this kind of underdog punk Rocky attitude about it. You know, like, I'm just going to, you know, drive myself through the ground and do it. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, as I got older and started realizing COVID really helped, too, uh, during, you know, after I did open. And COVID happening, to be honest, for me was a weird little blessing because it really made me see how much more I appreciate my free time and appreciate my family and friends and how I love my job so much, but I have to learn how to balance mm -hmm. that yeah. from, because it was so, I mean, I, anybody who knows me knows I've worked like three jobs for the last 10 years, you know, until I finally got settled in here, I was always running here and running right. there. And it, it was wearing on me a little bit and it was kind of affecting how I felt about my work. 
and now I now I'm kind of getting back to just being in one space and being you know being here, and that's why I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, great. What haven't we talked about that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> Industry, the fractal personal? universal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just wish I want more um, kindness in the world. Hmm. Oh, we could use a little bit more of that. Um, I I'm a feisty, spicy person that wants to love people first, um, and I want. Um, you know, I hope that the world starts finding ways to feel better without hurting others to do so. So, like, in my business, I think, again, why I love this industry, I know I don't quite fit in the way, like, I know that I'm different than most other people in my field, you know, other stylists and stuff. But there are others like me, because I have a lot of girlfriends so? and guy friends that do what I do. There's something... The, the the salon industry can be very um there's an ugly side to it like anything uh there's some pettiness and cattiness and mean girl stuff and that mm -hmm. kind of thing i just don't fit in with that i really don't yeah. and i i never will um and i i i feel i always felt misfitty even in school when i was in school but i knew that i was okay i was going to be okay i was just like i was like oh i have to just get through this and uh you know, I just didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. um, I never really did when any really capacity because I was always a little quirky and different, but I'm okay with that. But I also love, that's why I love having my own business because I can just be myself. That's right. part of why yeah. I did this, you know, was <laughs> partly selfish, you know, of course, because, you know, working for other people and corporations isn't always fun and most people don't like their jobs and I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to not like what I do for a living. Right. And having your own business allows you to create that culture. Yeah. It creates a culture. It creates relationships. Uh, my, I, I, I tell people this, this is something I'd like to share because I think it's so cool and, and why I really, really love what I do is, you know, doing makeup, doing hair for people, teaching people, you know, I have, I have transgender people who are trying to learn how to do makeup and it's very emotional for people. Um, what, what I do and, you know, people think a lot of it's like just superficial, oh, you were throwing makeup on somebody and the conversations I have with people are so profound and so deep mm -hmm. and people really talk about how they feel about life. Like I have so many amazing conversations with people when I'm tattooing them, you know, when you yeah. spend two hours or three hours with someone, I mean, you can't say how's the weather 52 times. And I'm not a how's the weather kind of girl. Right. I go right yeah. to it. I'm like, what did you do for yourself this week? How do you feel about this? Yeah. And that's how I like to talk to people. I don't like to, I mean, not saying that there's anything wrong. I think people do that because they don't know what to say. But to me, there's this, everybody's interesting. Yeah. Everybody I talk to, I have so many interesting clients. And they're all walks of life. You know, super wealthy, a pastor's wife. Uh, you know, wacky, crazy artists, you know, quirky, whatever. It's like I literally have seen and done it all. I've talked to all these people. And at the end of the day, everybody just wants to feel beautiful. Everybody just wants to be loved. Yeah. And that's why I love what I do. So. Great. So let's wrap it here then, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm Mark Nutting, and this I'm with Jessica Jones of Jupiter Crush and Elysian Salon. And thank you for being here. And thank, thank you for you sharing so your story. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here in Easton.
Thanks for listening to Hello Easton PA. This is Mark Nutting, hoping that you'll stop by again to find out more about your fellow Estonians. Have a great day.